Conspiracy theories surrounding the movie Joker continue to swirl. A man goes on a very long walk for a very horrible prize. And then we travel to Amish country to explore a bizarre story. The time that three men had an encounter with the Bigfoot wearing boxer shorts. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm actually really, really sore, man. I, I've pulled every muscle in my upper body. When I turn my neck, my forearm hurts. So let's hurry up and get this episode done so I can throw a heating pad on. I wonder if the heating pad get picked up by the mic though. It doesn't actually make that noise, but everything makes a noise when you have a mic this sensitive. So, Joker came out, what was it? It came out October 4th, so it was my birthday, so it came out about two weeks ago. I went, I saw it, my review was, it's, it's good, it's good. Wasn't great, wasn't terrible. It wasn't average either, it was good. And I left the theater, and I've thought about the movie ever since. I think about the movie all the time, so right there, that's a recommendation. You should go see Joker, if, in, this is what I said, if you're into comic book movies, if you're into really deep character studies, I, I don't think it's you're going to get your fill. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's, it's, it was going to be like a taxi driver. It was going to be like a Clockwork Orange type. You get to follow this character. Those characters, I think, are far more dynamic than the character of Arthur Fleck. But anyways... I did enjoy the movie. I found it very entertaining. Now, before the movie came out, there was a conspiracy theory that the FBI had gotten intelligence, a very credible threat that movie theaters in Texas were going to be shot up. It was big news. I even covered it on my show. It didn't happen. And what was interesting is, as we were getting closer to the release date, I would see articles that would say law enforcement says there are no credible threats. Law enforcement says they don't expect any violence, but they're being prepared. And I thought, well, that's weird because we just got that report from the FBI, you know, a week ago. So I started to think that must have been fake news. That must have not been true, that report. Then the movie comes out. And I'm clicking around. Every so often I collide with the nerd sphere. I'm not really in that space as much anymore. But their articles still pop up on my feed. And I see... Mass walkouts from Joker showings. People are walking out because of the violence in Joker, and they're like showing these tweets, and they're like, I got up and walked out of the Joker, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, that's manufactured. That's not real. That's absolutely not real outrage. And you would look at the tweets, and there'd be like 10 retweets, 20 retweets. Like, that's manufactured outrage. I don't think those people probably even saw the Joker, but maybe they did see the Joker, maybe they did get out, but the media was trying to make it look like mass walkouts. People are leaving Joker because of violence. Doesn't do anything. The articles just disappear. Now we're in this weird phase where Joker's in another... And all the movie's only been out for two weeks. So we've had the shooting controversy before it came out. Then we had the mass walkouts. That was the big news story after the movie. Now we're in this phase where I'm seeing article after article about Joker uses the song Rock and Roll Part 2 during this iconic... It truly is an iconic scene where he's dancing down the stairs. Like, that is going to be parodied for the next 20 years in cinema, maybe even longer. But he's dancing down the stairs, he's dancing down the stairs to Rock and Roll Part 2, a very famous celebratory song written by Gary Glitter, a convicted pedophile. So I'm seeing all these articles, and they're like, how could he use a song? Are they going to replace the song on the DVD version? 
Joker embroiled in controversy. People are up in arms because they use this song. First off, that song has been used in many media projects since Gary Glitter was convicted of pedophilia. So it's not like no one had been using it since 1999, I think is when he went to jail. And then the Joker just pulled it out of the bin. Like, it's been, it was used in The Office, it was used in The Simpsons. It's been used in tons of stuff. It used to be a big sports song. So when I'm looking at that, I go, this is, this is not normal. This is not normal. Now, I've seen a lot of people go, oh, it's the SJWs. They don't like Joker. And I think that their target is wrong. I think that that sounds a little bit like the Joker wrong. Murray. The, turning into the Joker as I do this segment, I don't think this is a push by a political group. I I do think it's a push. I think it's manufactured outrage. I don't believe... I don't think the FBI issued that alert, and I actually said that in the earlier episode. I pointed the finger at somebody. I'm going to point my finger at him again. The mass walkouts, I think, fake fake story, fake story. And then this one, too. People are not really outraged. Maybe one or two people are upset that they're like, oh, no, they're using this song from a convicted pedophile that's been used in dozens of media projects over the past 20 years. And it came to the point where the people who own the rights to the song had to come out and say, he doesn't get any royalties for this song. We're the rights holders and we get the money. He's in jail. He doesn't get any money. Like, they've had to come out and say this because reporters are calling them up saying, hey, how do you feel about the song? Now, it's not mass populations of people. It's reporters. But it's also not, I don't think it's the political left. I don't think it's the SJWs, alt-left, whatever you want to call them. If it is, if my theory is correct, and it is a manufactured push, I think it's Disney, dude, and it makes me feel bad, because I love Disney. Like, not, like, I don't have a bunch of, like, Mickey Mouse stuff, I think Mickey Mouse is kind of lame, but I like, I like, I consume a lot of Disney media. But, dude, this movie cost $50 million to make, as of last Sunday, it made $500 million worldwide, it is now the most profitable comic book movie of all time. It doubled its budget opening weekend. It made all of its money back, plus 100% profit, basically, its first weekend. And the second weekend was gangbusters. It had very, very little drop. I think it's Disney, bro. I think that they realize that DC has always positioned itself to be... At least they tried. Zack Snyder tried very valiantly to do this. The adult alternative to the teenager Marvel movies. That's really what I think Zack Snyder was going for. And they got he got ripped apart in the media. He got the, I mean every review for Batman vs Superman, which was a good movie. It had some issues, but it wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. I think it had a, a lot of cool stuff in it and a lot of interesting questions about superheroes in the real world completely trashed. Justice League trashed, but that movie was a lot weaker. And I could see why people didn't like that movie. Batman vs. Superman, I was like, what? Really? People hate this movie? They, I think it's Disney. I think Disney hates competition so much that they are directing their ground forces to find something wrong with Joker. Because it's funny, because they couldn't really go after Wonder Woman without seeming like a bunch of misogynists. They really couldn't go after Aquaman without, like, I don't know. Okay, Aquaman's a fluke. Isn't a fluke a fish, actually? So that's kind of a funny pun. If it is, if not, it doesn't work. But I think that... Oh, wait, no. Okay, now here's an interesting thing. Let me me stop here for a second. Because this is something we have to realize when we talk about this kind of stuff. I just made a whole point to say that Marvel has basically been knocking down DC movies 
creating controversy and trying to get them in the trash. That was the last 10 minutes of this podcast, right? As, and, and this is, I'm, I, I, gotta, I gotta leave this in because this is important. As I was going on that rant, I realized that at the very end there, and I had to stop dead in my tracks, that when you have a conspiracy theory, everything either locks into place or the conspiracy theory falls apart. Conspiracy theories are like Jenga puzzles. It's not even a thing. Conspiracy theories are like puzzles. Where if you have pieces missing, that doesn't work. Conspiracy theories are like a building. If you have a floor missing, it completely falls apart. That's what I'm trying to say. And a lot of times conspiracy theories just leave stuff out. If my conspiracy theory was correct, then Aquaman would have been equally as trashed as Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, and the way Joker is trying to be trashed in the media. But it wasn't. It was not at all. It had no bad press whatsoever. It made tons of money. I think it actually made more money than Wonder Woman. It was completely controversy-free. It made a ton of money. People enjoyed it. The reviews were pretty good. So, if my conspiracy theory is true, then Aquaman, they should have been like, what? Humans can't breathe underwater? This is teaching kids to drown. And you would see all of this media attention, and the critics would have hated it. But that didn't happen, did it? It did not happen at all. So, I guess I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. Disney does not have a problem with DC movies making making money. How's that for entertaining podcasts? When when the host realizes, goes on a rant, and then realizes, wait a second, I don't have enough evidence to back up what I'm saying. You got to be honest. Sometimes I do think it's see. Look at now. This is me pedaling backwards. I do think the Joker controversy is manufactured, though. I thought it was Disney, and maybe it is. Maybe see. Look at look at how you can do this little word stuff. Maybe it is, but. It doesn't make sense in the context, because they didn't go after Shazam, they didn't go after Aquaman, and Aquaman was uh, really, I think, DC's biggest hit at this point. So, somebody's manufacturing controversy over Joker, and again, I don't think it's political. I I don't know who it is, though. Because if it was political, I think they would have taken down Fight Club. I think they would have taken down these other movies. They would be working at banning a Clockwork Orange in libraries and stuff like that. That's why I don't think it's political. The plot thickens. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Our next story is a funny one because of the way it ends, but it's a little gruesome. Not gruesome, but a little gross as we're going there. It's October 1st, 2019. So, what, three weeks ago. Joker is about to come out in the theater, and Disney executives are in the dark going, we must stop it, stop it, stop it. How do we do it? Do it. But... In the rest of the world, in the real world, and it's not just in Jason's head, I do enjoy Disney Company stuff. We're going to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's a lovable little town. There, there is a man named Tommy Lee Jenkins. That's weird. Tommy Lee was the lead singer of that band. Tommy Lee, was he? And then you had Tommy Lee Jones, but Stephen Jenkins was the lead singer of one of my favorite bands of all time, Third Eye Blind. Who was Tommy Lee a singer of? I know he was dating or married to... Who's that hot chick? Anna Nicole? No, not her. Pamela Anderson. I get all my blondes mixed up. Pamela Anderson. Tommy Lee was in, like, some, like, butt rock band, right? Like, Van Halen or... Uh, Sammy Hagar in the hits or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, Tommy Lee Jenkins. <laughs> my point is, is that he has rock star names. Tommy Lee Jenkins. Tommy Lee Jenkins, 32-year-old man, 
lives in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and he has to move. He's like, ah, you know, it's time for a fresh start. He moves to Whitestown, Indiana. This is all on October 1st. He's sitting there, and he's on his computer, typing out his blog, and he meets this girl named Kylie online. That should be your first hint of where this story's going. He starts talking to her, and he finds out that she lives in Nina, Wisconsin. What is it with Wisconsin? Everything's named, like, cute. Is there a Teddy Rupskinville? You got Oshkosh, you got Nina. Now, Nina is 14 miles away from Oshkosh, but now... Tommy Lee lives 351 miles away from Nina. And, to throw another number into the mix, Kylie is, she's 14. She's a 14-year-old girl. It's October 1st. Tommy Lee Jenkins, 32, meets a 14-year-old girl online. Now, he's talking to her, she's talking to him. He starts to send her sexually explicit photos, and he's writing gross stuff, and she's like, oh, oh, okay. And... Then he goes, why don't you come visit me? I'm only 351 miles away. You should come visit me. I don't have a car. You come visit me. No, I can't. I can't. Then I will come visit you. He doesn't have a car. And I don't know how the public transportation system is in Indiana to uh, Wisconsin. But sometime after October 1st, I'm assuming at least a day or two, Tommy Lee Jenkins throws on a backpack, walks out the front door. He walks 351 miles to meet this girl. And the whole time he's texting her. He has to know that his luck was really, really bad. Because he just moved away. He used to just be, what, 14 miles? If if someone was pushing me with a cattle prod, I could walk 14 miles in a day. I think the most I've ever walked in a day was about 10 miles. And it sucked. I've had to do it twice. I was at this girl's house. And she got super drunk. Like, violent drunk. And I didn't want to be there. And I bounced. I was like, whatever. And I walked 10 miles home. I, as I was walking, the sun was coming up. It totally sucked. Anyways, that's an adorable version of the story of walking very far. He walked 351 miles. So he gets to her house on October 10th. And I'm thinking, even if he left on the 1st and got there on the 10th, he's still walking 35 miles a day. It's like it follows. It's a monster getting closer and closer to this girl's house, texting her the whole time. I could not walk 35 miles in a day. If a zombie apocalypse happened and they're like, the only way we can stay alive is to walk 35, I'd be like, I'm dead. I'm just going to stay here and let the zombies eat me. I, there's no, I couldn't even fathom walking that far. But anyways, he doesn't. He's dedicated. And he walks and he's walking down the street. He finally gets to a little Nina. Everything's made of cotton candy. He's like, oh, this place is adorable. And he sees her house and he walks up to her house. He opens the door and there's a bunch of cops in the, in the house. And it was a sting the whole time. <clears throat> So, (laughs) could you, could you imagine, it's, okay, here's the thing, it's bad enough, it's bad enough, when, when, dude, they totally deserve it, like, they're creeping on these kids, I get it, when you get in your car, and you're driving to this girl's house, because you've been talking to her online, and you pull up out front, you walk into the door, and there's a cop there, or Chris Hansen, or whatever it is, you get arrested, you feel like a total idiot, and you've totally ruined your life, right? When you walk 351 miles over the course of days, it's raining, it's sunny, wolves are attacking you. I mean, that's a long walk. And then you get up to the front door and you're like, yes, I'm finally going to commit one of the most horrible felonies that I can possibly commit. And you open, you open the door and there's a bunch of cops in there. Minimum, 
mandatory sentence for his crime. Ten years. Ten years, by the way. Some people do. I, 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 ugh. But anyway, it's a gross crime. I just think it's hilarious that they made him walk. Because really, the point of the matter of the cops could have gotten him at any point, basically, for sending the explicit messages. They could have called the cops there, busted him. They could have caught him halfway, and if he's texting, hey, I'll be there in four days as I'm walking, they could have used that in court say, well, we stopped him halfway because we thought that would be nice. But we knew he was on the way, and the judge would be like, yes, he left his house with the intent of going to this girl's house. Because they've, they've done that, too, if you're driving to... Because I've watched a lot of that to catch a predator. They'll get people who are driving to the girl's house, but don't go into the house, but they'll catch the car going by. They still get charged with attempting to meet a minor. Because they have all the photos and all the texts and stuff like that. They let this <laughs> dude walk 351 miles. And you know those cops were laughing hella hard when that dude finally got to that door. You know that was the highlight of their career. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Our next story here. Our last story would be a better way to put it. We're going to travel, not walk. Let's hop in the carpenter copter so we can fly over him. He's like, oh, my laser's so sore. He has these ripped calves, but he can barely stand up as the cops just push him over. He falls down and they put the handcuffs on him. We're flying away in the carpenter copter. We're going to Strasbourg. That's not a cute place. We're like, bye, Nina. <sighs> Strasburg. We're headed to Strasburg. That is in Pennsylvania. Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Leave the cotton candy landing pad of Nina. We're headed out to the bleak wasteland. Nothing but wheat fields and scarecrows. I wonder who... Here's two questions. Who invented the scarecrow? And, like, how did they come across that? They saw one day a crow was in a bush, and they ran out, and they go, hey, crow, go away, and the crow flies away, and then they go, hmm, what if I was always out here? And then they go, well, that, I have stuff to do. What if a statue of me was always out here? And then they built a scarecrow. The reason why... Scarecrow, do scarecrows actually work? One, because whenever I watch a movie, there's a crow on a scarecrow. But two, birds land on statues. So why would someone build a statue and think, oh, that'll do it, and then walk away, and a bird won't land on that statue? I think the first humanoid robots are going to be scarecrows. They're just going to build robots to walk through wheat fields going, rah, rah, and birds are never going to bug us again. So we're in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We're in Strasburg. The year is 1973, three years before I was born. So imagine me as a little ghost, ghost spirit floating around in the ether during the rest of the story. There are these three Amish men just out there working. Of course, what story begins with, oh, three Amish people were doing nothing? Three Amish people were outside working. And they have like a little house and then a little barn and then like their field and stuff like that, right? So they're out there, they're like, moving sickles around the cart full of sickles they're like oh no the sickles are supposed to go by the wheat they're like i gotcha and they put it down and anyways they see a weird guy kind of walking through their field which is a creepy way for any story to start that's not the start i guess that's the start anyways creepy guys walking towards them they go hey did you get one of those new scarecrows they've been talking about on the news they're like no no we don't watch the news we're amish so anyways, they see this guy walking towards him. Now, they're obviously a little suspicious of this thing because it's a weirdo. They don't know him. He's walking towards him, and he's covered in hair. So they're like, oh, great. We've become 
a story on an episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. And the other guy's like, what's a radio? We're Amish. We don't have those either. So, classic Bigfoot. Tall, hairy. But this one was wearing what was described as old-style boxing shorts. Like, not like, not like Mike Tyson shorts. There's entrance music. He's walking through the field. It's like, all I do is win. He's like, everyone's like, what? Where's that coming from? What's music? We're Amish. We don't know what that is either. Not boxing shorts, boxer shorts. And I think it's interesting because all the witnesses to the story are Amish. And if they describe something as old style boxer shorts, they're thinking like 1400s. Like to me, it'd be like, oh, those look like boxer shorts from like the 70s. To them, they'd be like, yeah, the 1470s, like all their stuff is old anyways. But old style boxer shorts. Now we've covered Bigfoot who wear clothing before. I actually did a whole segment on it, like, what, 150 episodes back, the Bigfoot who wore pants or something like that. And we've also come across stories where people have gotten turned into Bigfoots or been mid-transformation into Bigfoots. And that kind of always creeps me out because I hate it when people turn into stuff against their will. Like, you know, I'm going to do this real quick segue. When I was a kid, I saw this movie. It was a Doctor Who movie, which I'm not a big Doctor Who fan, but my dad was. And at the time, I don't think he watches it anymore. They had all of the Time Lords at the time show up to defeat this guy, this bad guy. And he was trying to get this gem that would make him immortal. And at the end, spoiler alert, for something that came out in 88, at the ending, the bad guy gets the gem and he turns into a statue that's sentient. Like, he's still alive, but he's trapped in a statue and that terrified me. And ever ever since then, I've never been, I, I have a fear of turning into things against my will. And, honestly... I tried finding out what that movie was, like what the name of it was. I can find no record of that movie ever even coming out. So if I got any Time Lords out there, any phone box junkies or whatever the hell you guys call yourself, you Doctor Who fans, you're Whovians, let me know if you know what that is. Where was I going with this? Oh yeah, Bigfoot. So um, we've talked about that before and the idea of people like turning into Bigfoots against their will terrifies me more than just Bigfoot. So, this Bigfoot's walking around wearing shorts. Boxer shorts. So, they're freaking out. Because it's a monster. It's a monster coming towards them. They're not, like, more calm because it happens to be wearing clothes. They're like, uh. And then, to make things worse for the men, it sees them and starts chasing them. Now, he's not like Usain Bolt. It's not like, but he's now moving towards them rapidly. Um, two guys, they split up. Two guys run into the house. One guy runs into this dairy barn. And, that's not, the Amish people weren't doing that noise. The monster was, the Bigfoot. Now, there was a woman gardening around the corner, right? They totally don't warn her at all. But she hears this commotion. She hears, like, these dudes scatter. Monster man coming. And they don't go, hey, Ethel, look out. There's a monster wearing shorts. They just leave her there. She comes around the corner, and she sees this creature, and it sees her, and it freezes in place. And then it just sits down on the grass, looks up at the sky. Clear blue sky, clouds, fluffy and white. The three Amishmen come out of their hiding spots, and they're looking at him, and he's just sitting there silently looking up. So they approach this Bigfoot creature, and they try talking to him. Hey, are you okay? Like, what's up, dude? What's going on? And they notice as they get close to him, he see just the stench is overpowering. They said he smells like rotting flesh. People who work on farms, 
Like, if, if I ran into a guy who worked at Sears, and I was like, hey, what did he smell like? And he's like, oh, a decomposing corpse. He'd be like, well, how do you know what a decomposing corpse smells like? People who work on farms, mortuaries, medical personnel, they'll, they know exactly what it smells like. They come across it all the time. Not all the time. That's an unclean farm. But they'll come across decomposing pigs in their life probably more than once. So they'll know. They'll be like, yeah, it smelled like rotting flesh is what it smelled like. Anyways, they, they're trying to talk to him. And the creature's looking up at the sky and then just starts to... Just kind of mumble. Like it's trying to say something, but it's, they can't understand what it's saying. And this goes on for a couple minutes. He's just... They'd be like, are you okay? Like, can, can we get you anything? You need some milk? And then eventually, Bigfoot creature gets up to his feet. He just starts walking towards the dairy barn. And then he starts to fade away. And then disappears completely. A true mystery. So this story's been kind of passed around the internet on a couple different websites. Maybe true. Maybe 100% true. Could be false. Could be somewhere in between. There could have been some weird event that's kind of gotten constricted over the years. But it's creepy nonetheless. If it's not true, then it's a little less creepy because it's not true, but... The idea, uh, this has all the things that I think I particularly find most petrifying about Bigfoots. One, they're in an area where you don't expect them to be. You're in the woods, you're expecting monsters to show up. This one was in the middle of a field. It has a, a Bigfoot wearing clothing, which makes... Some people go, well, maybe the Bigfoot put the clothing on. Have you ever seen an orangutan with an army jacket on? Like, if you want to believe that the Bigfoots are actually some sort of, like, offshoot of humanity or some sort of ape-type cryptid, but then when they're wearing clothes, you can't just go, ah, maybe one day he wanted to put on pajamas. No! That's the thing, like, that's where I butt heads with a lot of Bigfoot researchers. A lot of them look at the physical, try to look at the physical reality of it. I think Bigfoots are more, if anything, they're something else. They're not a separate species, they're something else. Is it Tulpa, maybe? It has something to do with aliens, that's been made a connection a lot too, or... Something even creepier, it's people who have been turned into Bigfoots. And that's why we can't find them, that's why they're so rare, that's why they're relatively hard to catch, because they don't want to be caught, and they have the intelligence of a human. They're not a separate species with their own culture and beads and tribal stuff. I don't believe that. Because we come across stories like this, where you have a Bigfoot wearing boxer shorts, and the most bizarre part of it, he just disappears in front of them. It's not like he walked behind a tree and was never seen again. They're looking at him, and he slowly fades from view and then disappears completely. If a Bigfoot can disappear from view in front of three people, broad daylight, if that is simply something that they can do, then the reverse must be true. They could appear out of nowhere, fade in right behind you. Because despite the fact that this Bigfoot sat down and looked up at the sky like a poet, Originally, it was pursuing three men. What would have happened if he got a hold of one of them and then faded away into nothingness? Would that man have faded away too? Would that man have reappeared someday, somewhere, as another Bigfoot lurking in the woods and searching for his own victim? 
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. Peace.